0: So I hope you're getting used to the idea that you're predestined, predestined to be uh, conformed to the image of his son and to live in eternity with God. I'm not being trivial when I say this. It's a very serious issue, and I don't mean predestined in in the Calvinistic sense of some predestined to be saved and some predestined to be lost. The message of the book of Romans is very, very clear, and I intend to prove it to you over the next many months, that God has set about to predestine, or rather God has set about to save the whole universe, the whole world, every man, woman, and child, because he predetermined this before the creation of the world. This is Colin Cook, and this is How It Happens. Thanks so much for joining me today. This Book of Romans needs recovering from layers and layers and centuries and centuries of mud. Now, you may think that that is a rather arrogant statement. I heard someone recently say to me, I love the Book of Romans, and I wanted to say, do you really? Because... That's rather disturbing. The book of Romans is an incredible offense. The book of Romans is a shock. The book of Romans will turn your thinking on its head. The book of Romans will shock you because it is containing data given by Paul, who was sent by Jesus Christ, that is completely contrary to the way we think things are going to happen in regard to salvation. Well, I will review some things today that will help you at least to start on this journey of recognizing that the world has been predestined, even those who do not believe, because through judgments, God is able to bring them to belief. Well, I hope I haven't shocked you too much, this is a broadcast on the good news, as I said. How it happens, you can hear it every Monday through Friday, 10 o'clock in the evening, repeated at 4 in the morning on KLTT, AM 670. Uh, in the Denver, that is, and Colorado and surrounding states' areas, but you can also hear it online at... Fa- uh, rather, you can also hear it on your s- smartphone or other remote device. Simply go to soundcloud.com slash faithquest or download soundcloud.com and key in how it happens with Colin Cook when you get there. It's a free ha- free app, and uh, you can also go to faithquest.podbean.com Dot com com. well this is the word that i'm sharing with you it's in uh, romans chapter 8 this is the passage remember on uh, life in the kingdom of god as freedom from the power of death because we now live by faith in christ's righteousness for whom rather we now live by faith in christ's resurrection for whom he foreknew, it says, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his Son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. Moreover, whom he predestined, these he also called, whom he called, these he also justified, and whom he justified, these he also glorified. Now, many people who love the book of Romans find this... Um, Passage rather objectionable and scary, and they just uh, tear it out and leave it in the attic because it just uh, um, doesn't seem to fit their understanding of things. Now, I am not one who believes that God has predestined some to be saved and some to be lost. I consider that to be an horrendous doctrine a doctrine completely contrary to the word of God and to the character and heart of God. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, and behold the Lamb of God that takes away the sins of the world. And remember the verse in First Timothy chapter 4, verse 10, for to this end... We both labor and suffer reproach because we trust in the living God who is the Savior of all men, especially of those who believe. Now, look, God has done something in Christ that makes you realize, once you have understood it, that your Jesus is too small. The fact is, that Paul has laid out for us, if you remember, in Romans chapter 5, a very, very clear exposition of what Jesus has done. He is, although the phraseology isn't used in sec- in Romans 5, the second Adam. That phraseology is used in 1 Corinthians 15. Remember that in Romans chapter 5, the first Adam brought devastation on this planet. The sin of Adam was the worst sin that had ever been committed up to the time of murdering the Son of God. That sin of Adam and Eve, that sin of the first parents of ours, brought catastrophe. For everyone who followed him came under the condemnation of that sin and brought in the kingdom of sin and death. The sin of Adam was a sin of suppression of God. God is our light and our joy. Jesus is our friend and our companion. He is all that is beautiful and makes beauty in the world. Without him is darkness. There is nothing but the shadow of darkness upon all the world because of the sin of Adam. But this is what Paul then says About this uh, situation. We had no part in Adam's sin. This comes about, this uh, comes in verse 12. Just as through one man sin entered the world and death through sin, and thus death spread to all men because all sinned, for until the law, until the law sin was in the world, but sin is not imputed where there is no law, nevertheless death reigned from Adam. Adam to Moses, even over those who had not sinned according to the likeness and transgression of Adam. Now, this is a very odd kind of sentence. In fact, it is an uncompleted sentence in the Greek, but you can still get the idea. Death reigned from Adam to Moses, even over those who hadn't sinned like Adam had sinned. So, you see, we are suffering the sin of Adam when we did not, or rather we are suffering the judgment that came upon Adam when we did not actually commit Adam's sin. Now, why does Paul make that point? Well, he makes that point because the second Adam is going to come along, Jesus Christ, and he is going to live a righteous life And we are going to be judged under that righteous life, even though we had no part in it. In other words, just as we suffered judgment under Adam's sin, even though we had no part in it, so we are to enjoy judgment under Christ's righteousness, even though we had no part in that. And what is that judgment under Christ's righteousness? That we are accounted—note that word—accounted as righteous, even when we are not in fact righteous. That's why Paul can say in chapter 4, verse 5 of Romans, To him who does not work but believes on him who justifies the ungodly— His faith is accounted for righteousness. God justifies, that is, declares righteous and innocent, the ungodly who trust. Yes, but you say, Colin, it's for those who trust. Well, wait a minute. We'll deal with that in a minute. But look at verse 18. 5 verse 18. Therefore, as through one man's offense, judgment came to all men, resulting in condemnation, even so through one man's righteous act, the free gift came to all men, resulting in justification of life. Do you see it there? One man, Adam, brought judgment to the world, resulting in condemnation. So also one man... His one, This one man's righteousness, Jesus Christ, brings the free gift to all men, resulting in justification of life. Now, these words are the foundation for Paul's statement that God has foreknown and predestined the whole world because he has laid the foundation in his Son, Jesus Christ, who will represent all humanity, every single man, woman, and child who ever lived, and he will bring each one to a faith in his Son because God has determined that he is going to give the kingdom to his Son and the Son will recover that kingdom and then give it back to the Father. That may sound rather odd, but it's very clearly laid out in First Corinthians 15. And thus will come to pass what God has destined from eternity, that He will rescue His children. He will rescue this planet. Now, this is all perhaps strange to you but you will find if you follow through this program with me over the next many many months and I'm sorry but it will take many months as we go through Romans 9 through 11 what many people uh, think of as a very obscure passage but in fact it is one of the most wonderful passages in the bible we will go through those nine those uh, three chapters 9 through 11 and we will see how God brings this about, how God actually does this. Now, let's look at this personally. You and I know we are sinners. Yes, we know we are saved, thanks be to God, but we have had a messed up life, many of us. And we have gone up and down in our faith, and some of us have um, walked away. And some of us have stayed away, and some of us are still away, wandering the hills. And yet, there is a lament of the heart like the lament of the uh, demoniac man longing for his return. Nobody can walk away from God without deep pain of heart all through the, the decades. God is going to reach into that pain and he is going to use it to bring you back to himself. Our God is fully capable of doing this. We have learned from First uh, from Romans chapter 1 that God hands people over to his wrath. Now, that handing over to his wrath is not harshness. It is not cruelty. It is not suddenly the suspension of love. God's wrath is motivated by love, and what is it? God's wrath is to hand people over to the choices that they make instead of Him. And when He does that, people can do what they have willed in their self-will to do. But what will it do? It will bring them to the end of themselves. It will bring them to the end of their resources until they call out to God, O Lord, have mercy upon me. God's judgments, you see, are meant to bring us to sanity, to a faith life, to a call for mercy. And what will the answer of that be? Romans 11, verse 32, God has consigned or imprisoned all under sin that he might have mercy on all. And because of his love and passion for the human race, he will have mercy on all. Make your donations online at faithquestradio.com. See you next time. Cheerio and God bless.